He made out dockside buildings and a stone quay. An elegant black coach, fronted by a handsome pair of greys, stood on its gleaming cobbles, damp as those were from the mist. As the ship's crew plunged into the well-rehearsed actions required to safely dock and tie up, a footman was helping an equally elegant gentleman in a long, curly grey wig out of the coach. Bloody hell! The Lord President had come to greet him in person. He must be more important than he thought he was. Duncan Forbes of Culloden scanned the small deck and spotted him. A smile spread across the cadaverous face. Ready, he called up. You're a sight for these sore old eyes, and no mistake. The gangway was swung into place. Beckoned by the eager Lord President, he lifted his portmanteau and strode across it. He barely had both feet planted in Scottish soil before he found himself caught up in a great bear hug. Laddie, Culloden said again, his voice gruff with emotion. You're home at last. Welcome home, my boy. Welcome home. I'll be able to sleep soundly in my bed tonight. Home at last. Welcome home. I'll be able to sleep soundly in my bed tonight. He was glad the Lord President could not see his face. She was in a strange mood today. Restless, yet at the same time oddly dull, like a blunt pencil in need of sharpening. The weather wasn't helping. This har which hadn't lifted all day. Making sweets for the shop with the girls, she was gossiping and laughing with them, as she always did, but her brain felt as cloudy as the fog pressing against the small square windows punched into the outside walls of the kitchen. Their bottle-green glass panes were opaque from the inside, too, steamed up by the heat of pans of tablet and the other sugary concoctions bubbling on the range. She walked across the flagstones to the kitchen door, turned the big brass handle, and tugged it open. It shrieked its usual protest. The younger of the two maidservants sent her a shy smile from under her neat white cap. Grand to hear wee breath o' air, miss. Aye, she agreed. Although she could have wished for a fresher breeze coming in off this physic garden. The air out there was too still today. She stood for a moment, struggling to see the neat rows and drills which yielded so many of the herbs and plants she and her father used to treat their patients. Even the imposing bulk of Surgeon's Hall, no distance away on the other side of the garden, was lost in the mist. The little pagoda-roofed summer-house, set where the paths met in the middle of the gardens, was no more than a shadowy shape. "'And what do you think you're doing standing here, young lady?' came a demand from behind her. "'Trying to catch your death a cold?' She swung round and had to adjust her gaze downwards. Why did she always forget how short Betty was?
It was years since she had outstripped the housekeeper in height. Just getting some fresh air. Nothing wrong with that, is there? It's freezing out there. And it's boiling hot in here. Which is why you're going to catch your death. Going free in to the other without a cloak or a plaid. Come in. Now. A concerned hand was already on the sleeve of her sprigged cream and blue gown, tugging her back into the kitchen. She shook it off. Leave me be, Betty. I'm needing to clear my head. Are you already coming done with something? The older woman peered up into her face. You're looking a wee touch pale the day. That's because I need some fresh air. I'm ready with a smart answer. That's you, eh? Leave me be, the girl said again, trying the disarming smile.